This episode of the Profanity Nation podcast has been brought to you by United One Protection Services. We do more than just security. We protect your livelihood. Whether it's commercial or residential needs, United One Protection Services has you covered. You can find them at unitedoneps.com. That's united, the number one, ps.com. This episode of the Profanity Nation is brought to you by the SEO Queen Digital Marketing Agency, where you are more than a number. Profanity Nation. Yeah, it's the new era of man for some old school fans with a new school brand. We got money on the mic with the plan in hand. And step Pat to his left, they go hand in hand. And to the right, we got Simster, he putting it down. It's the Profanity Nation, we running the town. Yeah, it's the Profanity Nation. Welcome to the Profanity Nation podcast. We're professional players. These are professional fans. How you doing, guys? Uh, we are joined tonight, as always, by our co-host, Stat Pat, Money Mike, on a great sports evening, as usual now, guys. At least it is usual that we have sports. How you doing, Money Mike? We're good. We're good. You know, um, took a loss yesterday with the Lakers, but, you know, it's going to be all right. We're we going to get back on track tomorrow. Absolutely. And Stat Pat, you hanging in? Yeah, I'm hanging in, man. It was a great weekend. So, uh, you know, finally got basketball back. You know, like I said, like Mike said, you know, we, we lost yesterday. But um, same time, you know, we did beat the Clippers. And so that kind of like softened them <laughs> a little bit. So. Uh, that makes it a little better, I guess. Uh, yeah. Guys, I'd like to start out tonight and just reach out. I'd like to tell everyone and anyone who's listening or watching our podcast to go ahead and support our friend Daniel Artest. Uh, the, at uh, Daniel Artest Pod is how you find him on Instagram. Uh, our buddy Daniel, he has a just an absolute incredible podcast with uh, tons of basketball information. He has great guests. He has uh, talent on there. He has information that you just can't get anywhere else. And uh, he did just have an issue with his podcast. He announced that he was hacked and lost most of his shows. So we want to show much love and we want to make sure that everyone reaches out to our buddy, Daniel Artest, the Daniel Artest podcast. He's been on our show. He's great. Guys, show support. We love Daniel. Everyone out there, anyone who follows the Profanity Nation absolutely has to follow Daniel Artest. Um, it's horrible, guys. I mean, we know it happens. And, you know, he's hanging in there. He's tough. He'll get through it. But, um, yeah, he was hacked and lost some of his shows. So, um, you know, let's, let's support him and hold that up. Yeah, Dale, Dale's a really great guy. You know, uh, he has a great show, too. What I love about him, he don't just uh, tell you. There's Daniel right there. Hey, Daniel. Daniel. Man, what up, man? Hey, we love you. Know, you. Yeah, Salute. Much love, much love to you, man. Yeah, he has a great show all the way around because, you know, he his uh, basketball content is great, but then he also, uh, you know, he'll go on live and, and, and do a show talking about social justice, uh, things like that. So, you know, he, he definitely is uh, – you know, a guy in the game that we we respect highly, and uh, you know, oh, yeah. keep your head up, Daniel. You know, we're gonna grow this even bigger than what it was. You know, yeah, I mean, just also the same up Daniel Artest, man. The fact that when you can get from him, but nobody else, you can get good stories. I mean, real heartfelt stories about how the game. I mean, he has experience, so he has you know he knows about the inner workings of the NBA. Also knows about the college circuit. I mean, he's done all of that. So you do hear that, you know, played overseas. So, you know, you get a, a different, you know, perspective on the game of basketball. 
It's really heartfelt. I mean, I mean, one of the realest guys out there, man. We love Daniel. So, you know, just keep your head up, bro. We got you back. You know, and uh, all you guys go out there and follow Daniel for sure. Absolutely. If you're listening again, that's at Daniel Artest Pod, P-O-D. And just just search on Instagram for Daniel Artest and you'll find him and give him a follow. Give him a listen and show him some love, show him some support. All right, guys, uh, we have a great guest tonight. We have a guest that is a what we again call our professional fans. Uh, some call super fans, but we believe they're, they're professional fans. Um, this guest has some ties to a team that isn't necessarily Lakers, but that's okay. We're going to go ahead and show some pictures. Uh, there she is with uh, Jerry Sloan. And we're just going to show this picture and let everyone say, and just say whatever they want to say about that. One, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but let's first introduce without further ado, we have to introduce Lisa, Lisa Axelrod. How Hi, are you, Lisa? I'm good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Oh we're, yeah, we're yeah. Here. We're here. Welcome, welcome. Well, thanks for thanks for being on the show. You know, we see you all the time. You're 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 very heavy on Instagram, so we see you on there all the time. And you're a big sports fan. Now, your team is not the Lakers, so your it team is. is yeah, uh, right. If you can't tell, I am a fan of the Utah Jazz. Uh, yeah. All right. Excellent. Yeah, How long have you been a fan? <laughs> How long have you been a fan of the Jazz? Uh, so I moved to Utah in '93. Um, so probably not too long after that. Um, so, you know, through the, the good old days, the Stockton Malone, uh, you know, into Boozer and Williams and, you know, now Spida and, and Rudy. So it's, it's been a fun ride. It is. They're, they're always competitive. They're yes. always, you know, right there in that, like, you know, seventh, eighth seed. Um, four. <laughs> <laughs> Right now you're four. You're always you're always right there in the middle of the pack. I mean, you can always count on you guys to be right there in the middle of the pack, and and it's always a great tune-up playoff game to to get to our Western Conference Finals. Um, I'm just being really rude and snarky today. I'm sorry. I just really. Uh, I'm awesome. Uh, used you're to used it. to it's it. You're good. used yeah. to it. I, I mean, come on. Utah Jazz fans are not exactly the most polite fans. Some of them are. They're not all, but but they're also They're very be a little bit harsh. Very okay. Is, is that what yeah. you call it? Is that yeah. what you say? Okay. Passion. Passion. All, right. Yeah. All right. That's that's I'm gonna keep using that word every time I go off the hook. I'm saying I was just passionate. Was passionate. <laughs> um, you know, Utah's a, a very difficult place to play. We know yes. that. Um, you know, the, the road team has difficulties there. What what do you feel as a fan that you've now lost that? that lost that advantage being that you're in the bubble. Do you think that affects the team? Do you think they really rely on that or what, what do you feel? Um, I, yeah, I think they missed that. It'll be interesting tomorrow to see, you know, cause it'll be our first home game uh, to have, you know, virtual fans there. But I mean, any of the teams, they feed off the home fans and the jazz for sure. I mean, one of the loudest arenas in the NBA uh, between the fans and the elevation. I mean, it's, it's a tough place to play. Um, so I think it's going to be an adjustment, but um, I think, I think they'll channel, you know, everyone from afar and, you know, the watching people cheer on the side, I think helps, but it's weird. I think it's weird for everybody. You know, all the teams have to adjust to it. 
Yeah, it is different. All the teams are definitely adjusting. Um, you know, every week, you know, since the NBA and WNBA got started, we like to start the show with a, a little WNBA segment. And we're, we're big supporters and big fans of the WNBA and especially the LA Sparks, our local team. So so we're just going to go get, get into that, guys, if you're OK with it. Um, OK, so the WNBA, of course, they're in their own wobble. As we know, they're calling it the wobble as opposed to the bubble. And, you know, the Sparks have started out mm, a little a little dicey. Um, you know, they've come out and played. They're, they're two and two. Uh, a lot of teams have come out. There is not, you know, they're only four games in, and there is no NBA, uh, WNBA team that's undefeated. So everyone's already lost a game, and they've only played four. So nobody's going in there and really just taking off and, and powering away. Uh, you mentioned that your Connecticut Sun, I believe, yeah. is a team you like to follow. Now, they're 0-4 yeah. as of tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's not a great start. but you know, Not a good start. They're really only, you know, three games out of first place at this point. So they, they can, you know, get it straightened up. They have a chance. They have yeah. a chance. They have There's a chance. A chance. <laughs> <laughs> they have a chance. But it, it does seem to be that, you know, the players and the theme of the players uh, is energy. And, you know, we've actually spoke. We, we get to take part in the uh, Sparks press conferences. We're, we're media credentials. So we're part of the media pool here. And, and we've actually asked Sparks players some questions regarding that. And, and they, all, they all point to the energy factor and the difficulty actually in getting up and getting ready for these games that in Florida where they're at start at 10 p.m. And they're just not used to that. Players... Uh, in professional sports, especially once you get past your first couple years, you learn a, a routine and you get a rhythm on game day. And that rhythm usually includes a meal, a nap, um, some rest, some sh a shootout, you know, shoot around this and that. But when you have these late starts, it throws all the players off. Every last one of them has thrown them off. And uh, it's difficult. It's difficult. That's what they all keep saying. Um, what do you think, Money? Yeah, I mean, you know, can you imagine like going you, like, OK, I got to go to work today at 10 o'clock, <laughs> you know, what I mean, so you have the whole day. It's very difficult to get your what your routine is. Um, you know, you know, most players, they like to go. They take a nap, you know, uh, for a couple of hours, they like to grab them something to eat, you know, allow that to digest. You know, you got you have to find out the right combination because you're going literally the whole day. Um, and, 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 you know, 10 o'clock is, is, you know, probably sometimes bedtime, you know, 10, 11, 12 o'clock, you're, you're actually playing a game. You probably want to go to sleep. You're ready to go to sleep around that time. So, you know, I think it's going to, it's a big adjustment period for definitely the people on the West coast, because, um, obviously, you know, TV schedule, they have to, they have to always continuously to cater, cater to, uh, uh, you know, us because we have to watch the game. So, you know, they need to get the viewership up and it's a really hard balance uh, back and forth. I just hope that, you know, maybe in the next game or two, they'll be able to get their rhythm, you know, and their energy up, you know, you know, maybe they have to go to bed a little later, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning. So that way they could kind of, kind of have the same, you know, eight hours, you know, sleep till maybe 10 PM, something like that to kind of, you know, start your jump, start your state day like that. But, you know, uh, I, I have, you know, they're professional. They know, uh, they knew their job was dangerous when they took it. So, you know, hey, you got to figure it out at this time. Yeah. Lisa, um, we all have work schedules. And even when our schedule gets thrown off, it's difficult. Um, how do you, how do you think this is affecting, and we're just talking about WNBA, we'll get to NBA, but how do you think this is affecting those players? I think it's, you know, like Mike said, it's hard on them. They're, 
you know, unless they're in a different time zone, you know, they're traveling, not as much as the NBA, um, but but it's hard, you know, they're adjusting, you know, they're not living at home. Um, even when on the road, they're used to being in a hotel, but now they're really restricted on where they can go and what they can do. Um, so I feel like their schedules are sort of dictated by the WNBA, um, you know, and okay, so this is when you can get meals. Um, it's, yeah, it's probably harder than even just when they're on the road, I would imagine. Well, that brings up a good point. Step hat. Um, in, in one of the press conferences, I asked about energy and uh, I think it was Simone Augustus. And I, I asked her actually, well, before the energy, I asked her what were some, a pro of being in the bubble compared to being outside the bubble and playing. And one of the huge factors was she said travel. She said that the travel and the wear on the body, since they don't have to travel, is huge. But on the other end, they're still saying, but these late games and getting energy up for these late games is difficult. Um, can they have it? I guess they can have it both ways. Can they have it both ways? What, I mean, what do you feel? I mean, I think the fact that they um, that they have the, the no travel, so that's great for them. Um, however, something is off because if you actually look at the game, um, they have some. If you look at the games, they're not have they don't play a, a full game, or at least they're not. Comp I wouldn't say competing is a hard word. I was saying that the energy either is not up there in the first half of the game, and then they turn it on in the second half, or they're really competitive in the first half, and then the second half, especially that loss that five game. Um, I think um, when they lost to, um, they lost to Chicago. They were only down. They were like only down by uh, five points um, when it comes to the halftime. Excuse me. They were down five points in the second half, but the first half they were had to make up a lot of deficit and slow you just, starts. You slow starts, or is it either a slow out of the first, you know, the tip, or is a slow start out of halftime. So once they're able to go ahead and get their, you know, get their bearing straight. They're going to be able to go ahead and put two halves together and play really good basketball. I mean, Augustus, it's really a bright spot. I mean, you know, Candace Park is going to hold it down. Um, you know, so you, you, you're seeing that there's getting it together. But one is, you know, they always talk about the West Coast teams playing on the East Coast and how their body have to adjust to the client, you know, to the time zone. So once that happened, I think once they're, you know, they understand what's going to happen, especially when the games are going on. Once they are, you know, one, two weeks in, you're going to see the Sparks really put it on and actually getting back to, you know, the championship level basketball that we're used to. Look, in this in this game against Seattle over here on August 1st, uh, and they had a battle back from a 17-point hole. They, I mean, they're, they're starting in a hole. They just they have to come out with more energy. They have to find a way. Coach Fisher has to find a way to help these players get into a rhythm so that they can be ready for these games, uh, whether they're at 6 p.m. or 10 p.m. It's just it's just how it's got to be. They just need to get focused on that and move forward. Um, all right. Now, let's move on to another topic, guys. We, we always praise the NBA praise Adam Silver. We praise our league for the manner in which they conduct themselves. That includes uh, when tragedy hits, such as the Kobe tragedy, that includes COVID. And the NBA has done a great job and the WNBA has done a great job and their players really, at least I get the feeling, and I think you do too, that they are safe, that they're not going to test positive, that they are really serious about it. Now, I don't think we can say the same thing about baseball. 
I don't know, but I'm just going to say that I just don't think we can say the same thing about baseball, guys. Um, there's some crazy stuff going on. And just today, just today, uh, a player for the Mets, Suspedes, did not show up for the game. Just, just didn't show up. Just no call, no anything. And, you know, um, that just can't happen. But of course, when a player doesn't show up and they can't get in touch with him, people fear the worst. Luckily, that wasn't the case. He had just decided he was going to go ahead and opt out of the, of the season without telling anybody. Uh, but that just is kind of par for the course with Major League Baseball and kind of how they're handling it, guys. Um, what do you think there? How does this make you feel? How thankful are we for the NBA, Lisa? Oh, my gosh. So thankful. Um <laughs> MLB initially talked about doing a bubble. They looked at Arizona and Florida doing a West Coast, East Coast. Um, and now I wonder if they're thinking, maybe we should have looked into that more. You know, between Miami and all of their tests, the 18, 19, I think they ended up at, you know, sending all of that into a tailspin. You know, Cespedes today, um, it's, you know, it's only the beginning. I hope that they can make it through at least most of the season. Um, they can't play in fun, Toronto. But, yeah, they can't play in from Toronto. playing in Toronto. So Canada is saying Toronto that we're not playing that home. game. <laughs> we're not playing that game. So, uh, you know, it seems like like everybody's on board with a plan except for MLB. <laughs> it seems like they're just kind of throwing caution to the wind. What, what's going on there, Pat? Uh, man, I mean, the fact that, you know, you see, I mean, it's crisis mode with MLB. I mean, you have uh, the Marlins. You know, they, they were like, I think there were 14 players and staff uh, tested positive for COVID. And the fact that they had to now pretty much uh, put in uh, um, two weeks. They had, had to suspend whatever operations. But they have to make up those games and try to fit them in. So we already have, a, a you know, a reduced or condensed schedule already. And then, um, you know, is this is this feels like it's like they haven't had a plan. I mean, but we knew how the negotiations were going before they even started playing the games and how the the the, the player association didn't know anything about what was going on and the league offices were not really had a, a plan. They were just like just play ball, right? Right. And the fact that they're now in this situation, you can see how I mean we don't really like to talk about the, you know, the commissioners. If you talk about the commissioners of any sport, that means your sport is not doing well. You should never talk about the commission. Commissioners should never be like when you hear Goodell, 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 something's not right. He should be not the man. He shouldn't be a part of the process. He should be behind and you just know everything's taken care of. Paul Tagliabue was one of those guys of the NFL, which he was, you didn't really hear about, you know, you really didn't hear anything, but Roger Goodell, you hear a lot about him. Um, and so good thing that we do have Adam Silver. Good thing, I mean, rest in peace, um, you know, David Stern for knowing that he was going to leave the league in great hands. And, you know, and, yeah, just as basketball fans, we're so fortunate that we're able to go ahead and watch, you know, uh, the sport with no, you know, not any instances. Money. So let me get this straight. <laughs> I got to go to work and I wake up and say, you know what? I ain't going <laughs> and I ain't calling in sick. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not letting nobody know. Y'all call me and I'm over here watching 
uh, the NBA bubble because that's the safest place to be. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, I ain't coming in for the rest of the season. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And the reason why it doesn't make any sense is you are really, you just woke up and you just realized, like, this is a, uh, this is a complete mess. Like, what are you guys doing? They, and, and, and a lot of it is on, on the commissioner, it's also on the players, also. I mean, if you look at it, because um, when they were in the negotiation trying to build it back, you know, there were murmurs that the commissioner had already decided it was going to be a shortened season, and he didn't even want to talk to them until they got to the point where they knew it was only going to be 60 games. So that mm-hmm. this was strategically planned by them. They put all these rules and guidelines saying, hey, the only ones that are supposed to be inside the dugout are the players that's actually going to be playing. Relief pitchers are supposed to be six, uh, six feet apart. On you know in the stands watching the game, you know only you know someone was so supposed to be wearing the mask, and then you look what what would they clear the pinches? The whole team's on there, they're yelling back and forth at each other, and nobody has a mask on. You know what I mean? Like so, it, it's it's a combination of everything. First of all, you got rules in place; they're not following them. And second of all, they're able to go and come as they please. You know, look. The NBA is in Florida. That's like, you know, they have that meter. It's red. It's <laughs> red. As high as it goes, exactly. <laughs> it's red. It's like Florida is the biggest hot spot. They have 100% negative testing. Negative. Yeah, right? Dude. So, look, our numbers are better than the freaking world. The NBA is better than the world right now. <laughs> they got figured out better than the world. So, Come on, man. Like, baseball is just so ridiculous. I feel that they just need to go ahead and shut everything down. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, dude, you got to keep people safe. You know, it's not – these are athletes. Uh, um, you know, they, they they you know, they work out. They, they You know, their bodies, you know, they're going to be asymptomatic, obviously. The majority, I feel, will be. You know, uh, their bodies will be able to fight it off because they're in – you know, they, they, they are in the best shape. But they're carriers, and and so what I'm worried about is their kids and their wife and their and their mom and their dad and all that other stuff. And you guys just going out wilding out, you know what I mean? It, it, yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Like, put it in a bubble. You're not having, you know, it. it, it you got to do that because the NBA has proven it absolutely works. It absolutely works. They got the snitch line. We laughing, but guess what? Nobody want to get snitched on. So, so. <laughs> well, I mean, even Dwight Howard got hit just for not wearing a mask. That's how right. serious that, it is. That, compare compare that to baseball. Just compare that to Major League Baseball right now. How much noise and, and headlines were, were on the papers and, and everywhere, sound bites, everything was, oh, Dwight Howard didn't wear a mask, already in trouble. Dwight Howard already in trouble. And look, um, you, see, you see the referees. The referees are talking to the coaches. The referees got masks on. And, yeah. and they're working the game. And, and when they're interviewing the coaches, have you seen that? They're they're about eight feet away. Right. And they're interviewing look, during the look, third quarter you, and, the, and the fourth quarter, yeah. Hey, and look, the audience, you see what the audience is. It's Carmelo and Chris Paul and all of them, and they're all six feet apart with their you know man. Watching, forgive, watching. forgive me, but that's not the only audience there because oh. on August 5th, I will be a virtual fan at the Laker game. On August 5th, I will be one of those heads that you see in the background going, 
<laughs> every once in a while. Um, so I will be there. So I'll be virtual, but technically I'm a fan and I'll kind of be there. So yeah. So everyone listening, look for Simsta from the Profanity Nation on the Laker game August 5th. I will be a virtual fan. I will be wearing my Profanity Nation shirt. And if you can point us out and call me out on Instagram and say you saw me and where I was, maybe we'll send you a shirt as well. We'll see. Yeah, All yeah. Right. You know what? And, and getting to that dude, that is actually that is a great concept. I thought that was like cool. I'm like, what are they doing? First of all, we got noise because look, that's this is how you know the NBA got it right. I thought literally I was gonna be watching like some high school basketball, uh, uh like it was gonna be like a high school basketball game with professional players. And actually, when you watch the game, you hear the crowd noise, you see the crowd, which is actually kind of funny. Yeah, it's funny. It feels like a real like NBA game. So, you know, kudos to the NBA for doing everything and everybody else needs to follow them. I agree. I agree. Um, speaking, finally, we're getting to the NBA. Okay, guys. Uh, NBA in the bubble. Uh, before we get to that, we just need to clarify one thing really quick with Lisa. We're going to go ahead and put Lisa <laughs> on the spot here. Lisa, is it true or false that the Jazz are the reason that the season was shut down? No, I'm not going to make you answer that. That is fake news. However, uh, I mean, it's not completely did, fake. It's it's not completely fake. It did start there, but yeah. Um, okay, so this all started with Gobert, um, but it, it just is a matter of circumstance. It would have started somewhere, anywhere. It just so happens. No, we, was, not, we, can't, we can't let her out. I know she's a guest, but we can't. Hang let her on, ah. hang on, hang on. <laughs> However. However, Mr. Touchy Feely on all the microphones and everything. It really didn't look good, right? Um, I'm curious, to be honest with you. I know that they're playing, but do you think that that's going to cause a permanent riff in the team? Um, so I knew this was coming. Uh, that That's definitely a hot topic. You know, any team over the history of the NBA, MLB, whatever, the players – you'll always have those pairs or groupings where everyone doesn't necessarily get along. Um, I mean, there's times Kobe and Shaq didn't get along, but they were one of the greatest duos. Um, so I think initially it did. Um, but when everything happened, we still didn't really know anything about what COVID was. Um, everyone saw the, well, I mean, we didn't know how serious it was at the time. And we, I, I thought, oh, I'll be home working from home for two me. weeks, not six months. Um, yes, <laughs> uh, you know, and so all of a sudden the league gets shut down. You see the video of Rudy, you know, touching the microphones and all of that. Um, so I'm at first, I'm sure there was, there was a rift. I'm, you know, they, between the, the team and the league. Um, but, you know, they're they're grown men and uh, they hashed it out. I mean, we've heard Rudy and Donovan talk about it, that they they talked and, you know, Donovan was mad at Rudy at first. And, and I get it. They said all but, the right things. <laughs> well, but if they can play together, I mean, we saw that in the first game, you know, just that connection between Rudy and Donovan was still really strong. Um, and as the restart of the season continues, you know, you'll, you'll see them playing together more. Um, so I think what happens outside of the bubble, um, if they can keep it there and just be professionals on the court, 
I don't, I don't think there'll be a long-term problem. Money, Mike, I think winning cures all, but um, I, I, I'm sorry, Lisa, I don't see the Jazz winning this season. So um, winning cures all, but I don't see that happening this year. It's just not reasonable to think that they would, at this point, unless something dramatic happened, that they'd be winning the title this year. They're a great team, and they're getting there. And uh, look, a lot of Laker roots. We've got Jordan Clarkson, who we love, G League Lakers. We've yeah. got Quinn Snyder, former Lakers assistant. Co- I mean, there's a lot of Laker roots there, so so don't get us wrong. We love it. Um but they're not they're they're not you know necessarily a threat this year which is okay not all teams are i i tend to think that they're saying all the right things and that um, it, it may be a permanent riff i don't know that donovan mitchell was able to to put that aside as much as he's saying he did um well, we won't know time will tell and i hope they they can cuz they're a great duo but but I, I i have a feeling that it's a little deeper a little bit more scarred than that uh, you guys have any thoughts step hat you know, um, I thought about that, though. Um, the fact that, you know, in, in the beginning, you would think that because he, you you know that he actually gave him <laughs> pretty much the, the coronavirus, you know, he gave him COVID. So he's blaming him and he's hot about it. But at the same time, it's like it's just so many other people after that moment are getting it that it could happen at any moment. Um, so I don't know because, you know, if he was – if if you know if Gobert wasn't patient zero, if you will, about this, then somebody else would have been patient zero. You know, if he didn't get, you know, it would just so happen they, you know, they got tested for Corona for that for that that game. But if he would have passed it, I'm assuming within the next two weeks, somebody else would have been that person, and there wouldn't have been any kind of rever- uh, any kind of rift between you know Mitchell and also you know. Um, Gobert, the only thing, the way, the reason why you would say it was exacerbated is because of the fact that the dude was so careless and with, you know, and being in defiant. In the poster of, boy for carelessness. You know, so the fact that he was that guy and everyone's looking like, man, but you were playing around. That kind of would get you to the point that, okay, look, man, you, you really didn't take it seriously. And everyone on your team probably would have been taking it seriously. And you, but by you being careless, have infected us and, you know, and thus making the league, you know, shut down. So, yeah, I think. Well, but we, before that game, we were in Detroit, Boston, New York, you know, at the time, anyone. those were the huge hotspots. Right. And, you know, it, it was just, you know, sort of a perfect storm of that's, you know, he got Impossible sick. Impossible to tested. trace. Yeah. Impossible. And nothing says Donovan true? didn't give it to Rudy because Donovan right. was asymptomatic. But is it true that Gobert's father had it as well? I don't think I ever saw no. anything about that. So it wasn't but out of all the people they tested that day, only Rudy and Donovan ever were positive. No one else on the Jazz ever tested positive. No coaches, no trainers. It was just the two of them. That's good. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean that that one of the reasons for that is you know Donovan and Rudy were real close, you know, and yeah. So yeah. So they, but even even I think like in they sat next to each other, you know, on the bus, on the plane, things like that. You know, look, I, I remember that day. I, I remember I was on my way to, um, actually a South Bay Laker were, game. I was gonna say you were at a game, weren't you? Yeah, I was on my way to South Bay Laker game, and I knew this was it was probably about to be the last game of the season. You know, because you know everybody uh, 
was just finding out the information. Um, I saw him touching the mic while I'm watching this game. I'm like, dude, this idiot. Like, what the hell was he doing? Um, I'm sorry. You know, sorry. You got to beep that well, out. You were, were making a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. point. Just giving so, an example, not being direct. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> but here, here's, the, here's the thing, though. Know, we, we do not like to, uh, that that happened. But if you look on the flip side of it, like, you know, let's say Glass out full, he probably saved a whole lot of people. You know, he probably might have uh, been a good thing. Yeah. He, he, yeah he, is the reason, he is the reason for the bubble. He created awareness about this. Uh, I'm trying to help you out, Lisa. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Mike. But, no problem, you but. see how he started with, with telling me I can't let you off that easy. And then here comes the good cop over here talking about how he's letting you off easy. Yeah. Yeah, but exactly. so, you know, uh, uh, there, there are some good things that came out of it. But listen, uh, it made all I, the other leagues start paying attention too. You know what? And the fact that you said that is kind of crazy because of you know you would think though since they put the blueprint out that other you know leagues would follow suit and would be able to take the exact you know exactly. the, the example of the NHL's done a really good job too. Yeah, they did, yeah. yeah I was going to yeah. say that they did a really good job. Um, but I mean, you hear that football. I mean, I don't know if this is true. I think I read something in football that they were actually thinking about having fans at the games. Twenty percent. Yeah, about twenty percent. Yes, and, and I'm just thinking, like, I mean, I mean, look, I stadiums know. are huge. I'm, 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 stadiums are huge. You could have uh, three hundred feet between fans at a stadium. But now, since, of course, really, yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, Simpson, but that's no, not really the problem. This year, they have two stadiums that are supposed to open up. They're supposed to so have the, the one in the Vegas and the, and the yeah. one in L.A. So, and, and they are already in L.A. They're already a year behind, and you talk about billions of dollars. And we we know for a fact. The only thing NFL care about is the billions of dollars. They don't really care about the players with the CTE, how they treat them, the retirement, the contracts that that aren't as good as the paper they're written on. So uh, it's it's a whole different mentality. Like the the union basically had to say, "Yo, NFL, are you guys going to um, do something? Are you guys going to require testing? You know, what are you guys going to do to keep us safe?" It got to the, you know, that, and that's when the NFL decided that they were going to step up and say, okay, well, we're going to do this testing. But they had to force their hand. That's why I love in the NBA because the NBA was proactive. Thanks All right, to I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Start the NFL season, play games in the new Vegas arena, in SoFi, plenty of hotels in L.A. They can block out the hotels and save them, and teams just go back and forth between and play between those two stadiums, and we're good. Or they go SoFi and the Coliseum, and they keep everyone in L.A., and they go that route. Well, yeah, that's better because look, Vegas, no, nah, you can't trust them in Vegas. You know, <laughs> look, if you can yeah. trust him. Yeah. Well, that's true. huh? No, well, no, we'll, we'll we'll get you no, you can't. If Lou Williams. I held back. Hey, I'm just saying, and that's in Georgia. That's whole all the way, a whole other state. Okay, yeah, see. Okay, you know, the city is magical. I mean, I understand. <laughs> I'm just saying the fact that he went all the way to another state to get that. I mean, you're talking about you putting it right there at the doorstep. You're in Vegas, man. You know, it's the, I mean, it's Probably. it's called Sin City. 
That's it. It's called. All right. All right. I mean, okay. So maybe in LA, but they, they, I mean, it's going to have to be a bubble. Um, and they're going to have to do something. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, nobody's going to do it or nobody's done it as good as the NBA. The, the greatest question that was asked here tonight is the prototype's right there. The proven functioning prototype is working. Why aren't they following that? Why wouldn't MLB immediately have followed that prototype of the bubble and gone with that? I don't know. But that's their problem. And we get to enjoy great basketball, guys. Lakers are one and one in the bubble. They played the Lakers, played the Clippers, guys, and uh, we've been waiting for this game for a long, long time. This was a game we've been looking forward to ever since we heard that the NBA restart was coming back, and it did not disappoint. It was a great game. However, Lakers came away with the win. Mm. However, did we feel great about it, guys? Did we feel good about it? Um, let's start with some Laker fans. Let's go with Step Pat. Pat, how'd you feel about the Clippers win is where we're going to start tonight? Oh, uh, well, I was the just... Lakers win against the Clippers. Okay, Lakers win against Clippers. Okay, I would say, first of all, I want to say I didn't think with the, you know, the, the configurations of the bubble that the game was going to be that intense. And I'm not talking about just the game itself, but as me as a fan looking at the game that I didn't see I mean, it was it was it almost felt like a playoff game to me, and there was no fans in it. It was just these guys were out there playing hard. That's the first thing I noticed. I I didn't think that was going to be able to translate, but it actually did. Um, and then when you're looking at just the game itself, um, the the Lakers, you know, they they clawed it out. Honestly, they clawed it out. Um, you know, they had a big lead in the second half and the third quarter. But then all of a sudden, you know, the second, I mean, the fourth quarter happened and, you know, LeBron was keeping it afloat, but then a lot of other, t other players disappeared and then they, their guys got hot. Paul George hit a lot of big shots. Kawhi Leonard is, you know, still deadly from, you know, the mid range, especially at that elbow. So he, he they were just putting in work. And I, I was just, all I can think about is, you know, Williams and, you know, and Harold, and if they're on the team, how does that make them look? And, you know, and how will we be able to combat that? Uh, but all in all, I'm happy that the Lakers won. And, um, you know, another thing that actually stood out is that, you know, LeBron didn't have his best game. And I don't know if the Clippers can, can um, hope that he has that same type of game because he's just a professional. He's one of the best ever. He's going to look at that tape and he's going to come out with a, a you know, a different type of intensity. And so maybe that is actually going to get, because once he, that happens, then that is definitely a game changer. And so I do think, you know, you know, they get, they gave it a lot for that first game and you can see the drop off big time, you know, in that second game against the Raptors. Uh, Money Mike, your your favorite player of all time. Uh, we can see the jerseys behind you. LeBron. LeBron, uh, I believe, does not have – oh, wait a minute. That's not LeBron. My bad. My bad. My mistake. Um, LeBron doesn't necessarily have the greatest record against the Clippers playing as a Laker. He hasn't exactly shown his best games. He's had some big moments, but he hasn't exactly shown his best games. We know that that you're a critic, a fair critic. Money, what what did you see in this Clipper win, Lakers win over the Clippers? What did you see from the team pros and what did you see they needed to work on? Well, first of all, I was I was surprised that LeBron was able to get a game winning shot. I was happy, but I was surprised about it. So I'll put it back. 
Let me give LeBron, you know, a couple claps for getting the game-winning shot. A couple um, claps. They, they, there you go. There you go, LeBron. Now, this is my this is my concern. They they had what they well, they shot thirty seven percent for the game. Um, you know, they they really um, Danny Green wasn't wasn't there. Uh, um, he wasn't consistent. He had one job. He couldn't do that. Um, you know, it was a lot of grinding in that game. But you know, we we shot outside of AD and and LeBron. Nobody really showed up. We just kind of grinded that out. Now, I'm going to tell you what really concerned me. The fact that we came back and played Toronto and played exactly, exactly the same game. So now we've had two back-to-back um, -back games where we the, the our lower shooting percentage has happened in back-to-back -back games. That's what concerns me is because if we don't get, you know, our offense flowing, we're not going to be able to um, – be able to compete against them because it's obvious. If you look at what you know the Clippers did against uh, against uh, New Orleans, they were mad. I mean, they they made what 16 three pointers in the first half, ended up with 25 in the game. Like they 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 you you could tell that they had a conversation and they say, you know what, we should not have lost that game, and they took it out on the Pelicans, and we didn't even compete in the fourth quarter. So what concerns me is that we have to make a uh, Get, get our consistency back up. And I don't know if you guys heard the story, but um, LeBron and AD have decided that they're not, they don't want to do a shoot around. Did you guys hear about that? Yeah, I think I heard. Yeah, LeBron and AD said that they don't want to do a shoot around. And then everybody else was like, oh, okay, well, y'all not going to do a shoot around. And we're not going to do a shoot around. So, so, uh, so it is an optional shoot around right no. now before the game. So, Danny Green needs a shoot around. He, he needs a shoot around. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so, so we we listen we we there's people out there you know there's people out there in, in, in that are gunning for the Lakers and also some other super fan out here that likes to wear red, white, and blue and and and, and is really loud and I got a bet against you know and don't let me know if if remind me of the bet if we lose and which I cannot have happen. Lakers need to get their act together as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> You can't have this. You can't lose this. Uh, Lisa, I'm really curious, <laughs> you know? being a diehard jazz fan, what, what is your view? You live in L.A. area. What is your view of the Lakers and Clippers rivalry? Do you, do you see the Clippers pretty much worthless like we do? Or, um, uh, you know, what, what do you how do you see it? <laughs> uh, Clippers is definitely their little brother uh, and little brother might be nice. Um, you know, Staples Center, they have to cover all of the Laker banners with those really weird pictures, the big like profiles of, you know, the few players. They're just weird um, because they don't have any banners to hang. I mean, Taylor Swift has a banner in Staples Center yeah, before the Clippers do. Um, so, you know, as much of a Laker hater as I am, the Lakers have earned their spot. They've they've got the history. They've won the championships. The Clippers go to the playoffs every now and again, first maybe second round, but that's it. They don't have they don't have much to show or to to brag about. They try, you know, the few real fans that they have, they try, um, but until they can put up a couple banners, um, 
Ooh, they'll always be second fiddle to the Lakers. I mean, the Kings have more banners than they do. And there's a recent, um, yep. the Sparks have more up there. You know, they're, that's why they're moving. Um, <laughs> so they don't have to cover to get out of the shadow. Yeah. Oh, you bring up a good point. They're moving it, in a sense to get out of the shadow of the Lakers, but they're going to literally the, the golden land of the Lakers. They're going to Inglewood. I mean, that, that's where they want to go to build their stadium and, and, and ignorant. And I'm going to call it that. I'm just going to go out on ignorant Clipper fans actually think that Bomber's going to knock down the forum. The forum is staying. The forum is historic. Clipper fans eat it. They're not knocking down the forum. It's There'd not going anywhere. It's going nowhere. You will build your stadium. That's fine. But that's will be a separate stadium. The forum will stay because the Lakers built the forum and it is going nowhere. So it, it really doesn't matter what they say. It just doesn't. Um, guys, uh, Lakers are, like we said, they're one and one in the bubble. They had a tough win versus the Clippers, but an absolutely disgusting, horrid loss against Toronto. Um, it was lackluster. Uh, LeBron and AD were the players that didn't show up to this game. Um, it lacked energy. And once again, Danny Green was a no-show. And that just can't happen. Our bench showed up, but if they didn't, we would have got blown out by 102 points. Um this isn't great, guys. Uh, you know, I, I would like to bring up one thing during this game, which was fun. The Lakers had invited some of the season ticket holders to an event that they held at uh, the Rose Bowl. And is in the Rose Bowl parking lot, they actually created and built a huge drive-in screen. And they projected the game on this screen, on both sides of the screen, and had cars parked facing in. And uh, it was great. It was fun. Um, you all stayed safe in the car, social distancing, masks if you came out. But they had concessions and they had things like that. So it was really cool. And as the Lakers would score, everyone honked their horns and so forth. Of course, great event. But we end up with the with the loss, guys. We end up with the loss, and everyone you know kind of leaves there with uh, you know hanging their head in their cars. Um, also, just to show, this was the swag bag that they gave out. And they gave this to everyone uh, who pulled in. You got your Lakers flag, which was kind of cool. You got your Lakers towel. And then this one, of course, nowadays. Now, I find this funny because just six months ago, this was probably the one item, the only item that the Lakers had never made before, which was the mask. And now, of course, you get your Lakers mask that they give out, which is cool. So they give a little swag bag, guys. Um but I would give back the swag bag for the win, despite our record. I know we have plenty of room to get our wins, but I'd give that back for the win. Uh, Toronto, Pat, what happened? Um, like when you start looking at the numbers, I, I think um, Danny Green was 0 for 6 from 3. Um, I think uh, KCP was also, I think, 0 for 5 from 3. Um uh, Morris to come back cold, basically, was hoisting up threes, and he was over. So um, one thing I do notice that LeBron and AD do uh, create opportunities, but now they have to start knocking down shots. Um, another another thing, um, the hard double team, it looks like it's giving um, AD a little problems. I don't think he's seen that before, or he may have seen it, but now it's consistent. It's something different. I always told people it's something about that purple and gold. Once you put that purple and gold on, you could be somewhere else and you could be a superstar. And once you come in, 
to the game, I mean, to the Lakers, your game is automatically magnified. They're going to pick you apart. They're going to find your weaknesses and they're going to exploit them. And if you cannot handle it, then you're going to have to rise up or you're going to wilt under the legacy of the Lakers. And so many guys have done that. We have seen it over the time. We've seen Glenn Rice do it. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys that had this kind of like their aura about them. And when they come to the Lakers, it's just their game just goes, you know, shot. So I'm not really worrying about AD in per se. I'm just thinking that he has to work on the fact that they're going to double team him hard because once they're able to get him out the game, they know that they can just make everyone shoot. And if they're not making shots, then we're going to be dead in the water. And so that's one thing I did see. They're going to hard double team AD. He's going to kick it out. Those guys have to make shots. If they're not making shots, then, I mean, they can just pack the paint and then, you know, our advantage with the big men is, you know, nullified. So it, it's, it's really, you know, not concerning because I don't think we're going to shoot that poorly again. But uh, we did it two games in a row, by the way. Yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> just that, saying. you know, when, when, you know, the guys that are here to make threes, not making threes, then there's going to be an off season. And so we're going to have to, you know, Hey, get someone else because you're going to have a large sample size. It's going to be out there for everyone to see if you can make threes under pressure or not. It doesn't matter what you did before when you got to the Lakers. Now it's a different ball game. So we'll see. I mean, that's what I did see. I mean, it was, you know, it was concerning, but I think they will pretty much, they were right. They'll, they'll, they'll make, they'll, they'll get the ship right. They'll do all right. Money. Uh, I watched the game and I'm watching us, you know, the Lakers struggle with shooting. And then I casually turn on a game that was playing between the Rockets and the Dallas Mavericks. And I see that there's, is that? two seconds left in the first half and the score is 85 to 75. That was the first half score, Money Mike. We are missing our threes. They are not. Okay. So nobody else is rusty. So can we use that excuse? I don't know because the other teams are absolutely blown it up and the Clippers came in and blew it up in their second game. What's going on, Money? You know, I mean, look, Toronto has a chip on their shoulder. And uh, rightfully so. Like if I'm a, if I I'm not a Toronto fan or or a player, but if I'm a Toronto uh, uh, player, you know everybody say, well, the reason why they won a championship is because of Kawhi. So Kawhi is not there. So if I'm Siakam, for example, I need to prove to y'all that we can win the championship again without Kawhi. You know, Van Fleet. You know, he came from the G League, so you know that he's hungry. You know, and he stays hungry because he had the battle to be in the league. Siakam came from the G League. You know, you know, he he wants to be a, a proven star. So I think they just came in there and was like, look, you know, we can still win this chip without Kawhi. And, and, and they showed that. You know what I mean? They kept the energy uh and, and they they were at their spots. They played defense. We didn't help with the bad shooting, but look, I mean, we need to come back tomorrow against Utah. And, and show that we actually have, um, uh, 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 you know, an actual offense that's going to be able to, and, and, and those are flutes. Because at the end of the day, you know, Toronto, they were, they were ready for us. And that's, that's what concerns me. Well, you brought up a good point. The Lakers schedule over the next week uh, until our next podcast, which is always on Sundays, everybody, everyone listening. We record our podcast on Sundays. It's available live on Facebook and YouTube. And then the audio is released on Bashani Radio, 
iHeartRadio, iTunes, everywhere where you can listen to podcasts, that comes out on Tuesdays. So we're recording this on Sunday, and up until next Sunday, we have four games that the Lakers play. We have the Jazz, the Thunder, the Rockets, high-scoring teams, and the Pacers. Lisa, we're going to play your team. What what do you see as a a pro or a a, a uh, advantage that the Jazz have over the Lakers from what you've seen so far, at least in the bubble? I mean, LeBron has a bad uh, record against the Jazz, even back when mm-hmm. he was with Cleveland. So I can you know hope for that, even though that was mostly in games in Utah. Um, but. I mean, it's going to be a tough game. The Jazz definitely struggled in their last game against OKC. You know, it was super hyped. You know, that was the game that ended it all. Um, you know, they, they finally got to play, and, you know, their shooting came out cold. So both teams are kind of shooting cold right now. You will live and die by the three. Um, both teams have learned that they'll die by it right now if they can't, you know, get things right. You know, we're missing bogey, um, but we just need, you know, next man up. You know, if that's Clarkson, if it's, you know, Royce, um, you know, Ingles, you know, whoever whoever that next man up is going to be uh, for both teams. You know, when someone's struggling, someone's got to gotta pick it up. You can't rely on, you know, Donovan or Rudy in the Jazz's case or AD and LeBron in the Lakers case. Um, you know, if they're having a cold night, which can happen. Uh, there's got to be someone who's ready to pick up the pieces. So I, I think it'll be an entertaining game. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Both teams are off to a little bit of a rough start. Um, so we'll see. Gotcha. Um, I'm interested, guys. Uh, over these next four games, we're currently one and one. We've got four games, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, Pacers. We know what we want to be. We know what we need. We really only need one game. To, to clinch. So that's fine. We're going to get that. But but what should we be? How do you feel we should be after we, we face these teams next week when we get together and we're talking? Where should we be record-wise? We're one and one. Where are we going to be, Bunny? Hey, you know what? To be honest with you, I mean, this is a, this is a really major stretch. I mean, you know, between the Jazz, the Thunder, the Rockets, and the Pacers, we got to at least go three and one. Uh, you picked the loss. You know, but we got to at least go three and one. Uh, because, look, at the, at the end of the day, it, it, this, I mean, it's only eight games, and then we're right into the playoffs. I mean, they've already played two. This is four. There's only two more games left, you know, after that. And this is it's, it's really about momentum, you know. And we and, exactly. and we, we have to go, and, and these, like the Rockets and and the Jazz and the Thunder, they're all West, West Coast teams. So, Man, I mean, we we have to go and have a showing and 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 be hot and and get it because if if not, and another team it, it gets on a on the streak and they pull out a couple of um, you know uh, wins in a row and they get their confidence, you know, anything can happen, you know, uh, because it, it's 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 a momentum thing now. It, it's not really about you know it's no excuses. You know, they all had the layoffs. They all. You know, had to you know stick to their own to stay in shape and be ready, and you know, getting game shape, playoff shape. Man, this is you know, it's all about momentum for me. You know, uh, uh, I think it's wide open until we find that 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 uh, that that team that's going to be like that has that momentum. But I'm hoping we we go three and one. 
Okay, so so that so then your expectation expectation would be that we'd be a four and two at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Because, absolutely. Okay. okay, that makes sense. Uh, what, what do you think, Stat? You're you're our our premier statistician okay. uh, here on the show. So, uh, <laughs> what what are you thinking over these next four games? I'm concerned with guard play. So when I'm looking at the teams in front of us. Uh, they're they're having with the guards. Um, you know, you do have uh, Jazz Mitchell. I th- I just think Mitchell gonna run rough shot on us. Um, you see, CP3 is actually playing really, really, really well, and he's getting everyone involved. And the thing about you know the Rockets, you know they have the, the two headed monster at top. You know, with Westbrook and Harden. The thing about it though, we don't we don't defend the three well enough. And when you see these teams that actually are just bombing from outside, we're, we can't play three for two. We can't dump it inside and get our two that we think is going to pretty much be our equalizer and then give up the three on the other end. And you see that many, many times where we're just giving up the, the Clippers shot a really good uh, percentage in the second half of that, you know, of that game. And that's what kept them in the game with the three-point shot. So when you're looking at those teams, I hope we go two and two. Only for the simple fact that we need one to clinch, and then we also we should use momentum. But we also, I mean, they've had to rest. But we're gonna see them maybe take, you know, play the first half, you know, or play reduced minutes. But they have to win one game. Uh, pick which game you think they're gonna win. But those four games are not gonna be easy. Any other, I mean, Oladipo is not gonna give them any rest neither. So. You, you, it's, it's to me like Mike said. It's a is a crazy stretch, and if one thing that was glaring to me is that we have to make shots and we have to stop them. I mean, I guess I mean that goes without saying, but we have to make our threes because we're missing. That's them. a madnessism. If they want to win the game, they're going right. to have to stop you know, the ball. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, one of those bearisms, right? You know, yeah. you know, yeah. they try all over again. One of those things, yeah. but it just it's. You, you know what you see, and the fact that I'm looking at the guards play well against us, it tells us that we're missing Avery Bradley one, and, you know, that we also need to be able to get more consistent with the shot. Okay. Uh, Lisa, I, I know, obviously, you're you're an outside Laker observer, um, but what do you see? Well, we'll go with your Jazz. Uh, what are you hoping for with the Jazz for these eight you know what we're calling seeding games. Uh, what are you looking for them to to gain and 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 have heading into the playoffs? Here, are you looking for wins? Or are you just looking for solid play? What are you looking for? Um, I mean, obviously, wins are wins are great. You know, we're in the four right now, and it'd be nice to you know either stay there or move up. Obviously, um, but what does it really matter these days? Is it the team you're going to play? It's not the home team court we're anymore. Play. Yeah, it's yeah, the, the team, team we're okay. going to play. Yeah, sure. I you want no you part of Houston. To... There you, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Good. Good. Um, you know, but right now, you know, looking at even the stretch the Lakers have, you don't have that sort of gimme game. You know, all of those teams that would have been the gimme game, they're at home watching on TV, just like we are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the teams that are there, they're for a reason. Um, top to bottom, they're all good. Um, there's no chicken soup. Yeah, there's... You know, every it's going to be a hard matchup either way. You've got the the eight, nine, ten. You know that are trying to make that play-in game. Uh, the Portland, the uh, Memphis. You know they're they're trying to get in. Um, 
So, you know, you can't really take any days off. Um, there's no, oh, we're going to win this one. You know, it's a, it's a given it, you know, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's true. So uh, every single uh, game, every single game is going to be a fight because every team's fighting for something. Um, okay, guys, I, I just want to remind our viewers one more time in case they joined us late uh, that we're asking for everyone to go ahead and show some support for our buddy Daniel Artes. Uh, Daniel Artes podcast is an excellent show. You guys have to get online. You have to follow him. He just discusses absolute outstanding basketball information. Uh, he has guests. He gives you insight that you just can't get anywhere else. And you really have to support our boy Daniel. Daniel. He's the best. He supports us. He's great. He's a podcaster and you got to get out there. The Daniel Artes podcast. Uh, and on Instagram, it's at Daniel Artes pod. And uh, we love you, Daniel. So uh, hang in there and we'll uh, keep you going. And uh, we want him back on the show real soon as well. Uh, one thing, guys, every once in a while, you know, we have a lot of listeners and, you know, followers on Instagram. And every once in a while, one of our followers uh, is an entrepreneur or represents a product. And this time we, we got a product sent to us that they wanted us to take a look at. And it's a pretty neat product. Uh, Money Mike, you're going to get this one because uh, I think this one comes your way. But I'm just going to go ahead and show it here. Uh, this is called, let me go ahead and get this up here. This is called the Alexander Bagger. And it's actually quite neat. It's actually somewhat like a, uh, let me make sure I get it in here. It has difference. It could be not only a waist bag, but a shoulder bag. Uh, there's just infinite amount of compartments here to put things in it folds it buttons buckles it actually on the back side has somewhere where you can actually slip in a, a entire bat a baseball bat so you can hang it over your shoulder so it's a really neat product and i just want to show our followers and everyone if you're interested uh go ahead to uh amazon or pantrybags.com and if you're listening please uh go ahead and find our video cast of of this show on youtube and facebook to go ahead and see that product because it's actually a really neat product and uh, we appreciate them sending it to us Okay, uh, we've been doing a special segment here, guys, because as we know, the NBA has limited the NBA Player Awards to games that were played through March 11th before they put the season on hold. So uh, we have our own Profanity Nation Player Awards. This week, we are going to discuss the sixth man of the year. Uh, last week, uh, we played, uh, we took over uh, most improved player. This week, we're going to discuss the sixth man of the year. And, you know, there's some pretty common choices out there, some standard ones and so forth. But uh, we're going to go and hear from everyone. Let's start with our guest today. Let's start with Lisa. Lisa, uh, sixth man of the year. First, tell us maybe a little bit of, of what you see the value of a sixth man of the year. And then go ahead and tell us who you think is your sixth man of the year. I mean, the six man's that guy that comes in, you know, fresh off the bench, fresh set of legs when, you know, one or one of the starters is starting to get a little tired. Um, they kind of bring that energy uh, to get some momentum going. Um, you know, sometimes the bench can carry it. So you need that one guy on the bench uh, to really set the tone. Uh, my pick is a little biased, um, but I know you guys will appreciate it too. Uh, my pick's Jordan Clarkson. Um, awesome. you know, he, when we picked him up, that was, that was huge. It Our was. bench at the time was a mess. Um, 
you know, every now and again, the guys would kind of get going, but they were kind of sluggish. He came in instant first game, hadn't seen the playbook, hadn't practiced with the guys, jumped right in. Um, I think he's been a huge difference maker for us on both sides of the ball. Um, he's got a reliable shot, great on defense. Um, so I'd have to go with Clarkson. I, I can't deny Clarkson, and we were talking about we could barely recognize him anymore with all the tats that he's got. Uh, of course, we were used to being uh, uh, clean-skinned, I guess we'll call it, when he was uh, here at the Lakers. He was just getting a few tattoos. Now he's just tatted everywhere. But, I mean, he's just a player. He's just a grit player, and he just gets it done. He just always seems to be there for those 50-50 balls. So so I totally get it. I I, I can't argue with that pick. Uh, I think it's a little biased, but uh, I'll give you that, and I understand it. Uh, let's go on ahead to Money Mike. Money, I know that you've been uh, spending quite a bit of time uh, trying to, to look at all the stats and, and see how everything measured up, and then you probably just threw that to the side and went with emotion. So go ahead and tell us. <laughs> so, 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 go so go ahead and tell us, uh, who is Money Mike's pick for sixth man of the year? Okay, first of all, let me say Lisa. Uh, Jordan is a great, you know, he's a Laker, so. You know, once a Laker, all you know, always a Laker. I appreciate that you picked the Laker to be six man. And you know, kudos to you. Hey, you know what? I look once a Laker, always a Laker. Once a Laker, always a Laker, right? So um I my pick is Derrick Rose. And and they, look, Derrick Rose is the problem with Derrick Rose is that he he's on Detroit. Nobody really looks at him, pay attention. But you know what? The guy is averaging, you know, 26 minutes a game. Uh, um, 18 points, five assists. And what's great about him is that uh, the last couple of years that he's really been consistent in his play to the point where three years ago, he was basically almost out the league. Everybody gave up on him. And then now he actually became a very good, uh, reliable player again. And the guy that you look forward to come off the bench. So, uh, you know, Derrick Rose, I, I think he definitely – uh, deserves a nod in that, you know, he, he probably won't win it simply because, you know, he's on, on Detroit, you know, if he got a little bit more, uh, and, you know, airtime and play, especially with this, um, you know, with, with the stop, but Derrick Rose, I mean, his numbers are real solid and, and I definitely think he should get a couple of votes. Awesome. Uh, not a bad choice. Uh, you know, the Derrick Rose is a fan favorite and he's overcome the odds. So uh, you can't go wrong with that. I'd like to hear from Stat Pat. Again, our statistician, he knows these things. Stat Pat. Whoop, there it went. Stat Pat. Go All right. Ahead, tell us. There My it is. Tell us. Okay. So um, as much as it pains me to give him the award, um, he really, I, I believe he earned it. Um, he comes off, I think he's averaging around eight. 18.7 rebounds a game, shooting about 58% from the field. Um, and that's what really is mind-boggling because once you think about Montrez Harrell, you think about the energy that he brings off the bench and that, you know, and his defense. But he is really one of those guys on that bench that is making that second unit, I would feel, probably the best bench or the best, like, one of the most feared benches in the league. And he comes in and just gives them a different dynamic when it comes there. I think he leads the league, uh, I mean, or he's tied for the league, I think, in charges with Kyle Lowry. Um, he also, he, he's, I mean, opponents shooting at the rim, I think it's around 51% that they're shooting at the rim. Um, and, I mean, when you're at the rim, and you're usually supposed to make it. So if, you're, if that's a 50-50 opportunity, that is really good defense. 
And, I mean, it's just one thing about when the game, when, you know, Lou Williams and when Harold, um, you know, Harold comes in the game, it just changes the whole complexion. I mean, they really, they finish the game. So you know how much they are, you know, they're mean to that team. But my pick will be Harold because I really believe he improved his offense, but that defense has still been consistent because he does all the dirty work. You see him on the floor, and he's only, I think, six seven. So the thing is that he's actually doing that and banging the way he does and just getting it done night in and night out. So I think it's time for him to actually be, you know, recognized for his, you know, his hard work. That's a good pick. He's definitely uh, dangerous on that defensive side for sure. Uh, taking charges, I believe he's uh, top in the league, I think, number one or up there as far as mm-hmm. taking charges in the league. So uh, yeah. he's definitely a good pick. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout-out to our boy right now and just go, hey, Clipper fans, where are you? Okay, we all know that that's Clipper Daryl. Uh, Clipper Daryl, uh, I'm just going to show you that that here at the Profanity Nation, as you saw with Step Pat and myself, we are not homers. We call it as we see it, and I have to go with my boy Lemon Pepper Lou. Uh, you know, I know I know that he wins it every year, and it's just an easy pick. But I don't care. I'm still angry that we traded him. He should be a Laker. I don't want to hear it. I just uh, it angers me how you can get rid of Lou. He was. The sixth man of the year then, he's the sixth man of the year now. He's been the sixth man of the year, and we traded him away. Um, I'm just going to put that on magic. But I'm going with Lemon Pepper Lou. You can count on him. He's going to be there. Uh, His offense, defense, sometimes questionable, but not the liability that a lot of people like to say. I'm going with Lemon Pepper, and uh, I I think I'm I'm pretty strong uh, with that decision. <laughs> hey, he's got yeah, the he didn't go there for the wings. He went there for the, you know, for the legs, the thighs, and the breasts. I mean, that's- there you go. Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. All right, well, that's great, guys. We have our picks. Okay, uh, Lisa. Every week, um, we also do a- another segment with Step Hat, and everyone loves it. And you've probably seen this on Instagram. And this one is Simpsons pick. South Bay Lakers player spotlight. Who is it uh, this week? Stat Pat, hit us up. All right. So this South Bay Lakers player first attended in high school, John D. O'Brien in Roxbury, Massachusetts. And um, in 2015, you know, um, season as a junior uh, playing for the Kansas Jayhawks, he earned second team all Big 12 honors. He also competed in, for the United States in the 2015 World University Games. Um, so there was, you know, obviously, I guess, a college United States team, and he starred on it. So he um, actually won a gold medal against Germany. And then also he, you know, tallied 28.7 rebounds, three assists, and a block and a win over the Iowa Wolves on February 23rd. Um, who is this South Bay Laker? Okay. So as always, we're going to go ahead and post a picture along with these details on our Instagram account. That is at the profanity nation on Instagram. The picture will show the player with the face of the number blurred and you guys can go online, go onto Instagram and go ahead and guess and tell us who this player is. Also, you can uh, join this on Facebook. We post that on Facebook and anywhere that you can find us on our website everywhere. So uh, be sure to get there and tell us, 
who is this South Bay Laker. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move into the final word. Uh, final word, you just get to say whatever you want, Lisa. So we're going to go ahead and get started with you. What do you say for your final word? So I just want to thank you guys for having me on, you know, a, a, Lake, a jazz fan in Lakertown. Um, so I appreciate it. Um, really excited to have live sports back. This weekend I watched hockey and basketball and baseball. Hopefully baseball doesn't end. I'm not <laughs> super hopeful, um, but my Yankees are doing really well right now. Cool. Judge is just tearing it up. Um, so hopefully they can continue. Um, but so great to have live sports back. Watching horse was okay. Conley brought home the championship uh, in the horse competition, so I'm going to take that. Um, but thank you guys so much for having me, Mike. It's good to see you. I miss you and the family and the girls. Uh, so thank you guys so much. This is this has been so fun. Awesome, awesome. Let's go to Stat Pat. Final word, Stat. All right, all right. So, um, so I just want to say this. Oh, I saw a comment there. If the AD does not. Um, um, if I, if we don't win a championship with AD, uh, will he sign a long term deal? Um, I did see a video where you know, in the shoot around, he basically said purple to the day I die. So, if that gives any guy in Lakers a consolation, he wasn't really talking about the Utah Jazz, he was actually talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. So, I feel kind of confident that he will be uh, with the Lakers for the rest of his career. Um, now when it comes, when it comes to the um, when it comes to, to my final word, I want to say this, you know, it was a buildup for the Lakers and Clipper game. You know, I felt really, you know, nervous that one of those things that actually felt like a playoff game. And I didn't think that it was actually going to be, you know, that intense, but it was. But while I was listening, I would think I was on some website and they were, you know, they were talking a lot about how this is the Clippers time right now. And that when the Lakers always talk about them, their championship, they're always talking about the, you know, they're talking about the history and how a lot of people are like, we didn't major in history, so we don't want to talk about the history. Let me tell you something right now. The Lakers are the Lakers are the history. They are actually the past, the present, and the future. And one thing about that, if you think that if the Clippers are going to come into Inglewood and then take over where the form is and use it for a parking lot, I can tell you another thing. The Clippers – don't understand that Inglewood is their slogan is called the city of champions. And the only reason why it's a city of champions is because of the Los Angeles Lakers. Now the fact that the Lakers are gone, they still use the city of champions, but at the same time, now they got the Rams and also the Clippers are going to be going to Inglewood. So what they have to do now is take that team and take the name off of Inglewood because now it's just the land of the city of opportunity. The city of hope. It's a city of maybe we should maybe next. Is the city of hope like a hospital? So that kind of makes sense for like the, the ill. They've been ill for a long time and they're not the good way. But so I'm just saying the fact that they're causing all this stuff is like you still haven't done anything. So just be glad that you're in the conversation now. And secondly, you got to worry about Houston. If you're worried about us, you should be worrying about Houston because you and Houston in the second round might not be the matchup you want. So you're talking about, and then guess what? It's just going to be another second round knockout. And that's what we're talking about. We're back at square one. So, yeah, I don't want to hear any of that before. I mean, the Lakers are going to be what it is now. We're going to be it. You're just mad that we won the first game and we got bragging rights until we meet, if we meet, in the playoffs. If they make it. If they make it money, you look like you're itching at something over there. 
Hey, you know what? I just want to co-sign on, on what Stat Pat was saying. We all know that um, the Lakers are going to be ready at the end of the day uh, to go ahead and get this run. You know, if no, if they don't do it for anybody else, they're going to do it for Kobe. Uh, I just want to, you know, thank Lisa for coming on. You know, she's a Utah Jazz fan. And, you know, so I reached out to her. She came came on. Hey, Lisa, I'm going to tell you Great this. Job. I'm going to tell you this. That was a push-off that Michael Jordan on Russell – Push off all day. 100% all day. All, all, it was an offensive foul. You know, <laughs> they should have called it. I've seen it in real time, in replay. It's an offensive foul. So Every time. Yeah, Any angle. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm letting you know, I'm going on record, <laughs> that Jordan had offensive foul. But thank you very much for coming. And, um, hey, keep, let's keep this show going. Absolutely. For my final word, guys, um, I actually would like to put out a PSA um, for because I'm actually quite concerned here, guys. Um, there seems to be something going on online, and um, I, I don't know what it is, but um, Clipper fans seem to be absolutely infatuated with everything the Lakers do or don't do. In fact, they're more infatuated with the Lakers winning or losing or lost against a team and how much than they are about their own team and their own team's success. I've never seen a group of fans pay more attention to a team that they say they hate so much. So I'm just going to go ahead and let them know that, that what they really should do is just calm down, focus on your team because you've got a lot of work in front of you and stop, counting your chickens before they hatch guys. Cause that's what they like to do over there in Clipper land. So uh, my PSA to them is pay more attention to the Clippers. Stop worrying about Lakers and Laker fans. Y'all lost. It is what it is. You can't have any bragging rights unless we see you again. And unfortunately, every single time we've wanted a freeway series, you guys have come up short. So let's just uh, hope that doesn't happen this time and we'll go from there. All right, guys, this has been a great podcast. Great show as always. Find us on Instagram, find us on YouTube, find us on Facebook or our website, theprofanitynation.com. Listen to us everywhere podcasts are heard and do something very special for us there. Money Mike, what do people need to do? Hey, this is dedicated to this is dedicated <laughs> to the MLB because the NBA got it right. Hey, wash your hands. Quit spitting. Quit your mouth. <laughs> Use your hand sanitizer. Come on. Come on, MLB. Get it right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Get the mask on. Wash your hands. Stay six feet apart. Let's keep our sports going, guys. Let's be safe. Lisa, thank you so much. You were absolutely you. outstanding. We loved awesome. having you. We're definitely going to have you back soon. Awesome. And we'll think of you as we watch every single Utah Jazz game. <laughs> guys. Let's go ahead and let Snoop Dogg give us a little groove on our way out. All right, guys, this is great. NBA's back. Snoop is happy. The Lakers beat the Clippers. Everyone, thank you. Join us next week. Go Jazz. Lakers for life. All right. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Profanity Nation to keep up on LA sports and breaking news. And check in online at theprofanitynation.com. Thank you. This episode of the Profanity Nation podcast has been brought to you by United One Protection Services. We do more than just security. We protect your livelihood. Whether it's commercial or residential needs, United One Protection Services has you covered. You can find them at unitedoneps.com. That's united, the number one, ps.com.
This episode of the Profanity Nation is brought to you by the SEO Queen Digital Marketing Agency, where you are more than a number. During this new economy with COVID-19, it is important for your prospects to be able to reach out to you while maintaining social distancing. You can sell your products and services to the world with a great website that is on Google Page One and getting your share of the two trillion searches happening on Google annually. Contact the SEO Queen today for website design, SEO services, and all digital marketing services. Just visit online or call the SEO Queen by the SEOQueen.net or 617-475-0964.